All right. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee is for Closers. We're definitely not wearing the exact yeah, you, same Yeah, it's definitely not immediately after filming the other episode. No, it's not. It's definitely it's not. not. Um, but, you know, we haven't. what's your New Year's resolution? We haven't talked about that. Um, I'm going to drink more whiskey. Okay. And uh, eat more red meat. How's that going? Um, so far, I've, uh, I've eaten meat. I okay. haven't drunk any whiskey. <laughs> I mean, I don't drink a lot anyway. I mean. But I just am going to drink more of it. That's good. Only good stuff. Yeah. That's how I realized I was an adult during the year. I got rid of all of my not really good whiskey. Yeah. If it wasn't really good, I was like, I don't want this. Gave it away to people. Yeah, that's all I've got too. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is to be more selfish and eat more chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. You can pull my that off. fucking grubby little kids have not touched my chocolate stash. <laughs> yeah. Put it up high. That's the trick. Yeah. Put it up high. Idiot. Yeah. Grow up. Yeah. I'm taller than you. <laughs> Ex-Special Forces Sniper turned entrepreneur. I've scaled numerous businesses to eight figures. My name is Matt Ryder. This is my podcast, and I'm telling you to put that coffee down. down. Hey, you put up a post. I do me a podcast today. I'm going to be answering questions in a new Ask Me Anything segment. Drop your questions in the comments. People have. Fantastic. First question. Where do you see the online education slash high ticket space heading in 2023? That's from Connor Healy. I mean, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like this whole business no. revolves around it. Well, I mean, I'm ch- I'm actively trying to change that. Okay. Because I don't see it going well. But not, really? I'm not going to lie. Um, what I see for 2023 is the opposite of what happened in 2020. Okay. So 2020, there was like this, like COVID. I don't know. COVID? I'm aware of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. It's a little... little Little sniffles. People got <laughs> sniffles. It. People got real upset about it. <laughs> right? Um, and so, and then Donald Trump came in and saved us all. <laughs> Let us know what you think in the comments about it. Uh, <laughs> I was at a family thing a while ago, and everyone's kind of having a nice chat. And I was like, no, I don't want to stir the pot, but Donald Trump was the greatest president ever to live. And go. And, and just I, run away. And then I walked away. <laughs> Because <laughs> my dad's like full lefty, and somebody was a full. It was fucking great. Everyone knew I was joking. Thankfully, they they ignored my request for conflict, but <laughs> it just yeah. simmered the stress in the yeah, room a exactly. little bit. Yep. Um, but yeah, so like, so there was this huge like boom, and it was like apparently everyone decided to be a coach, mm-hmm. right? And like I'm uh, myself included, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so online education, everyone was working from home and mm-hmm. like it just, it was timed perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I will say like, I was extraordinarily, it was serendipitous and lucky for me. I got out of gyms, right? Oh like yeah, right year, at the right time. Yeah, the year leading up, I got out of gyms and developed an online coaching sales kind of business in that year. So by the time COVID hit, I was actually prepared I had gotten rid of the shit stuff and I was actually in the perfect spot for everything to grow. And yeah. I and I don't do new content. And you were in Perth, so you were prepping for lockdown. Yeah. You were already doing nothing. You were I already shut in the a borders. Place where there was nothing to do. <laughs> nothing and nowhere to, do. to go. Nothing to see here. Right? <laughs> um so yeah, so I was it was very well primed for it. But what what happened there was just, just like everyone was now a coach. Mm-hmm. And so what what's happened now? There's been like all this change of of regulation and uh, massive changes in, in Facebook advertising and all these different iOS updates, yep. you know. And I'm think like, it's only going to get harder, especially on Apple devices. Now it's going to be like, they're going to lock down because I think Apple's just going to create their own social media. And you reckon? They'll do something like that, right? Yeah. It just doesn't, why would they make it so hard to do business with them? Yeah. You know, they're taking 30% of all revenue from every app. Like, it's insane, mm-hmm. you know? 
So, um, so anyway, so like now it's just getting harder and harder and harder and harder. And like the organic stuff, although it still works, it's like you've got to put a lot of paid resources behind organic, like content. Mm. Content's not free. Mm-hmm. Like somebody has to produce it, do it, or you do it all yourself and you got no time to service your clients, right? Yep. So there's going to be a consolidation and you already see it. Like as advertising costs get more expensive, like seventh level, which is one of the big boys, like we seventh level is like the biggest co- tr- sales coaching organization, mm. you know, or at least w- one of the top couple. And we eat everyone in ads. Like we just destroy and like our ads just keep getting cheaper mm-hmm. because like we're just eating competition and taking and taking and taking and taking it because like we do so much content like we're being rewarded for it you know so what that's doing is it's stopping other people from being able to play in the sandbox Mm -hmm. so like you're just seeing this consolidation like the big boys will just eat everything Mm -hmm. whereas like what happened in 2020 is the big boys got hurt really badly because they'd gotten lazy and complacent really and then all these other people came in and just kind of grabbed segments of their market and now some of those people are now the bigger ones and they're, they're going to ascend up. So I feel like, not that you should just give up or anything like that, but I feel like it'll just be a lot harder if you're smaller. Okay. So people who will be successful, though, you probably like are people who have true organic reach. Content. Yeah. So like yeah. you've already developed an audience. Like you need to have an audience that you can For sure. pitch to rather than thinking you're just going to, like yeah. have a lookalike audience of them and advertise out into the yeah. Ether. It's not going to work. And like you know, the big boys, like Cardone or them, like they 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 organized with Facebook and were like, stop allowing people to target our audiences, mm. which is fair enough. Uh, Cardone's the biggest. Uh, I think I'm fairly sure he's the biggest spender on all of Facebook. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So like he was like, well, I'll just stop spending if you're going to allow everyone to just target my shit. Yeah. You know? So. That's, um, that's kind of what I see. And I think like, I think it's for the best to be honest. Um, because like, I think what's happened is like a lot of people who are really undercooked in their ability to actually teach and educate, um, are educating and teaching. Yeah, for sure. You know? So like, I think the people who are too lazy to do content, like you already see it, like they're already monetizing reels on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Right. So like Facebook is actively trying to get people like me and you to post reels. They probably should. Mm. Right. Cause they're paying you money for it. Mm. they'll just pay you money all the time so um and then from there like you know youtube and like having just a nice diversified platform range where you're delivering high value content i think is just getting more and more important and so people who aren't doing that which is an awful lot uh are just going to get eaten yeah so um the facebook reels thing is interesting it like they haven't they still haven't figured that out it's not it's not good the user experience is not good and i've been posting like cross-posting, just allowing my Instagram reels when possible to go to Facebook as well. But you don't get access to like the comments and stuff. You don't get notifications of comments. Like it's still a very mm. clunky system. It's Which not makes been, no sense because they own Instagram. Yeah, you should be like, so So if someone likes it, like it comes up in my notifications, yeah, you got to like. But then I have to actually open the reel and check the comments to, to see the comments. There's no notification that the comments came in. Yeah, right. Which is a, like just an odd clunky sort of yeah. thing. You'd think they'd have that dialed in. The right? worst feature they've made is now you can do these fucking giant Facebook groups in Messenger. Oh yeah, oh no, bro. I've, oh no, I've oh, seen that. Uh, yeah, uh, you can get be me out of yeah this in a Facebook group. You can start a, a messenger thing. And it, ugh, just some giant messenger thread. Yeah. And, and also the ad, everyone was fucking terrible. Yeah. I used that one time with great success. I think that that, like, I think that was good as a feature that 
like you kept in your pocket for when you really needed. You know yeah, what I did mean? Did you do it for your promo? I uh, no, I did it for not for a promo. I did it for like a survey that a, a dog training organization was running, yeah. and I was like, "Hey, they, we need responses to this survey." So it was the only time I ever used the at everyone in my yeah. own group. The reason why I don't mind it as much is because it's a really good reminder to leave groups that I don't want to be in. <laughs> exactly. I've gotten three in the last three days, and I've left every group. Yeah. Because I was like, guys, like, don't. Hey, at everyone, here's a post I did. Oh, yeah. bro, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. Well, it's the boy who cried wolf, right? So it's like, hey, I'll I'll click through this notification and see what's going on here. And if yeah. it's some bullshit I don't care about, I'm out. Yeah. Right? Or if it's some very selfish thing, I'm out. But if it's because you need, you know, whatever, yeah. fine. I hope that it, it did, that didn't cause anything. I get the need group. for the tool. I, get, I don't mind the tool. I just probably like the usage. Yeah. Because if you have like an update that's for the group, like at everyone, sweet, easy peasy. This is an important update for, yeah. for the functionality of this group. Yeah. I'm going to be putting you on your message thread. And I'm going to try and sell you there. <laughs> that's the thing, right? <laughs> Okay, so where do you see it heading? Down. You see that the... Down for most, up for some. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good way to put it. All right. Chaston, I hope that's how you say it. Chaston, matter. In your mind, what's the difference between the superstar salesperson and the average salesperson? Any PQ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a process is one. But to be honest, there's two ways to... I think there's two... Like there's, uh, you can be an effective sales rep without having much skill. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've known many people who are effective. Like they get the job done. They they make sales. They're consistent. They're reliable. But like the skill wise, we're not that good. But they just do all the things. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you can't be a sniper, you might as well have a machine gun. Mm -hmm. Just brah, spray and pray, right? Um, but the people who are really good have that mentality but also have the laser-like precision. Okay. That's really, I think that's the biggest difference. So it's like, Really high skill set and very high activity. Okay. Those are the two things that you need. Because if you have like really high skill set but low activity, like you'll just be as good as the guy who's crazy high activity with a low skill set, mm -hmm. you know? So it, it also just depends on like your goals, you know? Like if you're, I, I think whenever I start training a group or whatever, I always say there are two ways to get, might make money in sales. One is to be hyperactive and just go out there and just do the thing. The other is the academic pursuit of sales, which I think is a noble pursuit. Okay. However, it's a long-term thing. Being good at anything that requires academic knowledge, which I think sales does, like it takes time. It mm -hmm. takes years for it to develop in your brain and be able to go, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, but like you can just start doing stuff now. Yeah. You could ask every person you ever talked to for a referral. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. And if you... Literally every person you ever spoke to, you could ask for a referral. Yeah. Hey, do you know anyone with a dog? Yes. Does that dog come when they call? No. Do you think that would help them? Yes. Can I have their phone number? Like, you could just do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, you'd probably be pretty busy. Yeah. You know, like, 20 would say no, one would say yes. Mm -hmm. Right? But that would just be the way that you rolled, and, like, you wouldn't have to change it, yeah, and you'd be busy as volume. fuck. Yeah. Right? So there's nothing stopping people from doing that. Um, and, I, and I think, like, people have to realize where they are in their sales career. And they're like, oh, I'm the guy who needs to be crazy active at the moment until I become the guy who can be very happy not being crazy active because my skill set is so good that I don't have, like, but again, if I want to be super successful, then you have to do both. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's a balance, right? So, yeah. like, identifying where am I lacking and how can I make up for that in other places while I fix up that 
yeah. that inadequacy that I have. Exactly. And, and I think understanding the hard thing is actually having like a, how, like, how do you take, how do you take account for where you're at? Mm. That's, that's difficult. That is hard. How do, how do, how do you do that? Yeah. So like for, for me, it was just like straight data. Okay. Just like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll map out every phase of it. Put like, that's a friction point, friction point, friction point, friction point. I've got to be able to move these people through these, these hoops, right? So like, I might as well just have a look at the drop-off rate at every hoop, mm-hmm. you know? And then from there, I can like have an adequate, like, oh, well, this is where, like this end number is my actual overall skill set. Mm. But like, could you imagine if you just, someone came to you and wanted training and they go, I want to be a better dog trainer. Yeah. You go, okay, but like, how? You go, no, 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 like just better, better, yeah. bro. Like better, you know where I am now? That like plus at least five. Okay. It's so vague. You couldn't help them. Yeah. So then you've got to go through like, you've then got to do the assessment and then you've got to go, what are all the hoops they're trying to jump through? What's the end score? And then what's the actual development plan to get them there? Because like there's low hanging fruit stuff. Mm. Like whenever I take on a sales training guy, I go, all right, like, are you here to become a sales guru or to make more money? And they go make more money. All right. All right. Cool. Like, Let's get hyper specific about the way to make money for you yeah. rather than improving your overall skills. Exactly. So yeah. I'll go like first three is always about like take these things out. Stop doing those things. Don't even worry about why. Just stop doing them. And then we'll add in these three things. Yep. Just go away and do that. Here's exactly how you do it. They're super easy. Like I teach money objection. That's it. I'll teach referrals and I'll take out all the stupid things they ask in their script. Mm-hmm. I just stop asking them. It won't be much of an issue. Then from there, they'll get like a 30% bump in revenue. Because like I'm not asking them to fundamentally change how they do things. Yeah. Which is when it gets real squirrely. Yeah, yeah. And that's why most sales training, whenever you start it, you get like a drop. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure like when you start a new dog training thing, your dog gets wild. Mm. And then you got to try and bring it back. Yeah, yeah. So like I try to avoid that because it's it's money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's nothing more angry than that. So it's coaching client that's making less money. (laughs) (laughs) So to add to that, like how does someone assess their, their skill set? So like, you know, if, if you're not in the community, if, if you're not, I mean, if you're listening to this, then you're you're at least trying to, then you're a cult baby. Yeah. One of the cult babies, cult babies. But like, how do you, how does a person assess their capability? You know, very often some people (laughs) think they're killing it. And then it turns out that they're a big fish in a small pond. And so what is a metric that someone can look at and go like, I wonder if I'm actually good at this or, or where do I sit compared to other people? Is, is there a way to I measure mean, that without external help? I mean, like the verbose would be income. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not many great salespeople out there that aren't making good money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just like, you know, how many people do you get through? Okay. You know, and then, but you have to compare it to like others in some respect because yeah. like there's so many factors that go into that. You know, mm. um, but like in saying that, like you should be outperforming your team, everyone else by a pretty significant margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like for me, it's just about like if I know what the close rate is from everyone that I actually speak to, then from there, it's a good baseline, you know. Uh, but like sometimes like I had a guy come to me, wanted me to assess their sales team. They're like, the sales team shit. Rah! And I was like, oh, your sales team's fine. They're like, no, <laughs> it's not. It's their, their shit. I was like, no. Your shit. It's the marketing. I, can, I have the message thread. <laughs> I was like, I will wash my hands of this because nothing I can do will help. This is what you need to do and you're not willing to accept it. So like, I don't, I don't want a part of it. I'm out. Yeah. Okay. And I saw him on his Lambo later on in Instagram. And I was like, I don't know how much money you make. You should be driving. 
You're either renting that or yeah. you shouldn't be owning it. Mean, that's a high interest loan. <laughs> okay, next question. Uh, Robbie Taylor. Are the daily role-playing sessions the best, the best method to quickly get familiar with NEPQ and implementing it into their normal structure? Uh, that's a bad question. No such thing as stupid questions. <laughs> just stupid people. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, my God. Robbie. Robbie. He takes it back. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think um, it's actually a pretty good question. I think uh, <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> edit that first part out, damn it. I think uh, like I think uh, role plays are a great way to test things out. Mm -hmm. It's like a road test, right? Do I think it's the best way to train? No. Okay. No. Um, I think the best way to to the problem is with role plays. It's like. You can you can very easily reinstall bad habits mm -hmm. very easily, and like even though like if you're in the closing code, for example, you're in front of a coach, like there's you know there's still only so much feedback you can get on that. Mm -hmm. So like in terms of like a first step, I don't think so. The first step would be like learning the academic side of it, so you can have an understanding. I did a sales coaching session today, which I don't do very often in terms of like one on one coaching with a guy. Was willing to pay the money, so all right, wonderful. Fine. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> um, and I just like the first session was like, I, like he'd gone through all the content, done X, Y, Z stuff like that, and I was like, I just need to, I just need to explain to you how the system works, and like you have to understand the system first, so then you can start to understand how it all works together, and then like the conversation I have with him will be more productive. Yeah, because like we need to be running off the same sheet of music. Yeah. You know, so I would say your first thing would be like do a foundational level course, like your NEPQ 2.0 or 3.0 stuff like that. If you're looking to learn that method, and then from there, like study it like you would go to school. One of the things that shits me about when people join, and I say this to everyone when they join our coaching programs, is like, like this is this is your lecture. You don't just come to lectures. Yeah, yeah. There's homework to do, yeah, yeah. you know, and I'm not. No, gonna, you will you will spoon feed me the information. Yeah, like yeah. like there's a whole portal that you have access to, which you have to study regularly because like that's reading the textbook and then going through and watching call recordings of us and all this kind of stuff, and then come with your questions from the material that you've been learning. Yeah, don't just go. What's NEPQ? Yeah, yeah. Like here's fifteen grand. Make me good, sir. It's mm -hmm. like it doesn't work like that. It's the same as any academic pursuit or any pursuit of anything. Like yeah. you've got to understand. Hundred percent. Uh, I agree. Hundred percent. I think that. I mean, we talked about this on a podcast before, but I think in that mentoring and being mentored in regards to just improving skill set in anything is when people are like, they come to you and they're like, teach me you are never going to learn. Yeah. It's when people come to you and they're like, hey man, I am just confused about this one aspect here. And when that slots into this, how yeah. does that work? They're the yeah. people that are going to kill it. Yeah. And and you go, oh, happy to help. Yeah. Right? It's when people are like, teach me. You go, okay, well, day one, like you've bought the hour, so here yeah. we go. Yeah. Right? But like, you're not going to, because this information, you could watch this on the video, but you didn't, you need yeah. to hear it from me. Yeah. And so like the, like the best coaching clients ask the best questions. Yeah. Because like they're they're in it like when I was getting coached by Jeremy like I did so much back end that like I was like man like I can't use this guy's time that I've spent I think it was roughly twenty thousand dollars an hour right and I had Voxer as well but if you just count the sessions it's like mm -hmm. twenty G's an hour or something I was like man I gotta come to good questions yeah 
like, this is a, this is a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, learning the pursuit. It's it's same as like when I was in snipers. Like they teach you ballistics first, mm. so you can have an understanding as to how the weapon system and how the how the how the actual like projectiles are going to interact with the world. Mm-hmm. So you can start to go, oh, that's why it's doing that. I will make this adjustment. Mm-hmm. You know. If you don't, like, you know, on a really grand scale, the Coriolis effect, like, I mean, you have to be shooting a fucking long way for it to do much. But, yeah. like, if you're shooting a fucking long way, you better know it. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be like, why the fuck? Why is everything spinning to the right? Yeah. Like, what's happening? It's like, oh, I'm in the northern hemisphere. I'm shooting that way. The world's turning that way. The bullet's going that way. Yeah. It's fucking, you know. And over a long period, that makes a big difference. Yeah, but it doesn't mean shit if you're not hitting the target at 100. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It doesn't doesn't yeah. matter for shit. Yeah. There's not much point accounting for it at 100 meters. Man, I saw, um, you know that, uh, is it Chris Bumsfield, the bodybuilder? C-Bum, uh, is he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, I enjoy his content. Um, but he had a, I saw him on a podcast. It was a, just a clip. But he was talking about um, people getting into bodybuilding and whatever. And he's like, don't take any juice. Don't do anything beyond over-the-counter, totally legal supplements until you're hitting the gym regularly on the correct schedule and have your diet absolutely dialed in because he's like that's the foundation and it doesn't matter how much juice you take if you're not doing those things right it's not going to help and then it it was interesting he then goes and what do you think you're going to what's the point of taking all that juice anyway you think you're going to be mr olympia because you're probably not (laughs) it's like there's only one a year first of all i'm triggered second (laughs) (laughs) there's only one a year and it's me yeah (laughs) he looks just like arnie that dude oh he's Amazing. Yeah. But but I think that that applies to just about everything. It's like yeah. if you haven't got the fucking basics dialed in, doing the the, the cool shit is not going to help. And I think – I don't know shit about sales training, but I know that if you don't understand the course material, practicing the course material with somebody else <laughs> is not a good move. Truly yeah. understand it and then practice it. So one thing the military does great is their like titration of education. Mm. Like the in the the doses that you get it, like you sort of you have to understand this to get to this yeah. to get to this. Yeah, you know, it's like you do like basic. You do like basic training where you learn how to hold a gun mm-hmm. and shoot it. Like that's it to a fairly poor standard, but better than the average Iraqi. Right, <laughs> that's, that's what you're looking for. Right, <laughs> like then it's like okay, now you're going to infantry where we're going to teach you like slightly more advanced tactics, better weapon handling, faster, more efficient, yep. more accuracy. Then it's like sweet. Now you're going to go to like in here. Then you go to SF, and then it's like just this slow yep. gradation. Yeah, and then eventually you hit like sniper school where it's like, and you still only get taught like it's the exact same shit. Just with far more detail. Yeah, they just unlock a couple of doors that had remained locked for you until that point. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. oh, that's how you do that. Yeah. You know? I'll never forget, you know, um, being with Griffo on a selection course and him asking about how, like asking the whole, like everybody on the course, 100 people, and these are a v- wide variety of military experience. Now, when you're zeroed, how come you're on at 25 metres and then your bullet is 140 millimetres high at 100 meters, then like whatever it is at 200, I can't remember, and then on again at 300 because that's like the style data. Yeah. Right? How come that happens? How come you have to aim off like this? And going around and asking all these questions of people, like the same question, all these different answers. Oh, well, because it like spins and elevates as it comes out. That's no, because of the difference in the sky, right? <laughs> yeah. But like I'm sitting there going like, 
how does no one know this? Like, what? It's because the the scope and the barrel aren't parallel. That if yeah. they were parallel, it would immediately start dropping. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I haven't even thought about that for years, but I'm like, oh yeah, because of this. It has to be. Yeah. Like you have two points of intersection and it goes up because it's pointed up. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like it doesn't bullets don't defy the laws of physics. No. Like it's not magic. It's not wanted. If it <laughs> if it gains in elevation, it's because it's pointed upwards. Yeah. And the scope is pointed downwards. Oh, you see, Griffo, you wouldn't understand. It's very complicated. They'll intersect but, twice. Yeah. But the amount of people that didn't know that's why is I was amazed by and then we teach them right you go on and you explain like this and so it doesn't actually like that's not a law like if you have it cross at 10 meters it'll it won't cross again at 300 it'll cross at some other amount and you have to do the maths and figure that out but exactly that 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 information is passed on to you when you do basic training they say you you know it'll be on at 25 meters and at 100 and at 100 meters it'll be 140 millimeters high 14 centimeters higher and you just go okay it (laughs) will be yeah and nobody bothers to explain that is because they're not parallel and that has to happen because of blah blah blah. otherwise it'd just be weird that doesn't get explained to you until you become a marksman and then it's like now you can choose your own zero now you can choose now that you actually understand how this works you can choose your gun and you can zero your gun in any way that will be functional for you i always had my zero at 300 yeah, I mean, that's the standard. Yeah. That's what most people go for. Yeah. Depends on the round. Anyway. Can I, I tell you about how I got chosen to be in snipers? No. So no, I didn't want to do it. Nobody wants to do it. It's a fucking, it's a shit job. It's a trap. Shit job, bro. I was shooting, right? We were just, we were shooting and Bean was next to me, who was the head of snipers at the time. Like that. And I was shooting with an M4 at like 400. And I was just fucking, I was having a good day, basically. <laughs> just a good day, right? <laughs> yeah, you have a good day shooting. And Bean was next to me, and he looked at my thing. He's like, that's pretty good. You punched out further? I was like, I don't know, probably. And that, he was like 500, same sort of thing. He was like, okay, what's your name? He was like, sweet. And I was <laughs> like, who the fuck is this guy? I had no idea, because I'd never seen him before. Cause you want to do a motorbike course? That's back when snipers were like just like ages yeah, away, yeah, yeah. right? Like that. And then the next day, um, I see SM goes, hey, uh, Matt. I was like, yeah? He was like, you're on a sniper course next week. I was like, nah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not into it. I was like, I'm not. I, I didn't put my name on it. He's like, I don't think you know how the army works. That's <laughs> <laughs> really what he said. He goes, I don't think you know how the army works. You're on sniper course next week. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. Uh, right. I was like, anything I need to know? He's like, have all this shit ready. Yeah. I was like, can I have some time off to prep? He's like, nah. Yeah. I was like, well, I mean, Sal's assaulter wouldn't have the same, <laughs> wouldn't have the same rhyme. So like, yeah. <laughs> good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sales I just machine kick doors gunner. in and shoot whoever. Yeah, it'd be a really different business. Yeah. Uh, things would be point. really different. Yeah, I'd probably just lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't be the first. No, All right, we're moving on. Carl Bird says, what do you do daily that gives you the success nothing. you're looking for? No, nothing. Her Alex Ramosi has a great quote. He goes like, all the time, just wake up and start working. And when you finish, stop. Yeah, but that's bullshit because you... you you say I don't do anything, but you 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 work out. You like you're in the sauna. Only because I just I don't want to die, Pat. Yeah, but that's the, that, all of that is part of it, right? I think I that, suppose I think that that gets overlooked. Like, and I'm with you on the mindset being bullshit and blah blah blah. But you have to look after yourself in order to be good at your job, right? Like you have. I to, suppose that's true. You have to be healthy. Yeah, and so like you do have like normal rhythms rituals and rhythms that you follow yourself i suppose they're somewhat unintentional yeah they're not like directly tied to your skill set but they're definitely uh 
give you the mental clarity and capacity to. I, I think what I will do. say is, if I don't do them, it won't affect my work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like if I like there, there's oh, there's not many things that could happen to me that would affect my skill set. Okay. Right. Like if I was to break my leg and have a sales call an hour later, and I could manage the pain, it would just wouldn't be any different. Yeah. So it'd be the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so acutely, it wouldn't affect you, but in the long term, like if you just gave up all the things that you do that are important for you. I'd be a horrendous fat body. Yeah. Yeah. And in the long term, it would affect your yeah. earning capacity. But the, the biggest thing that would affect me would be the physical pain that I would be in because of all the injuries that I have. Yeah. So most of the stuff that I do is pain mitigation. Yeah, yeah. Like Same. 90%. Like the saunas, I bought an ice bath. The fact that I go to the gym three times a week, like that three is- Three times. Three Whoa. times. Whoa. I was about to call you Rogan then, but then three times, <laughs> it doesn't cut it. I know. <laughs> it doesn't I cut if it. I really wanted to be Rogan. My, uh, six months out from my 40th birthday. You just put it put it in the paper now. Yeah. Six yeah. months yeah. out. Right. You yeah. can put it in your bullet journal if you like. put it in my journal there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it in mine. I told you my 40th is topless, right? Topless? Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's It's my just goal. you and my wife? <laughs> <laughs> and other people's wives if they want to go. Obviously. No men allowed. Yeah, <laughs> I'll look terrible <laughs> if I'm the only one. When's your fortieth? If uh, April? Shit, man. Yeah, I'm you on the clock. <laughs> you should have given me some warning. Is everyone <laughs> topless or just you? I mean, uh, like we just said, like it's just me. You're not invited. <laughs> You're not invited, so don't worry. <laughs> just, just my wife. All right, my wife's invited. No, so I would say, like, I, I do, like, um, I, I don't have. Any, there is no particular thing that I do. Outside of things that I do for health. Okay, yeah. I don't have a morning routine. I get up, I have a shower, I start working. Okay. That's it. Um, I plan on having a, a, a ice bath every morning when my ice bath arrives. Mm, Jesus Christ. Right? But that's just because I want to be like Joe Rogan. There's yeah. no other reason. No. Nah. No, and I bought the most expensive one I could possibly find. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to start calling you, Joe? Yeah. Okay. So, Joe, the next question here says, uh, it's actually Carl Bird again. He says, in your personal opinion, what are the top three industries you'd recommend a salesperson jump into if they're new to sales? Top three Oh, that's a good question. Um, Insurance, solar, scams. Uh, easy to sell. There's money in scams. Very lucrative. I mean, you could sell the Apple 60% comms. Can't look that in the face. Uh, no, insurance and solar, definitely. Um, and it would depend. The third one would depend in, is in what your goal is. Okay. Right? So, if it's, well, if it's I want to be rich. Okay, I, want a, I want two Lamborghinis. Well, yeah. Two. I want to devise some kind of like... Scams. I mean, scams hand out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what you want to do. I want if two Lamborghinis wanna- that go along side by side with drivers... And I want to stand on the top of them and do the splits like um, yes. John Paul Dan- uh, Van Damme yeah. in that Volvo ad. That so makes sense. That's what I want to do. Why was he on Lamborghinis in a Volvo ad? Uh, no, but he did it on Volvo, <laughs> Volvo trucks. Yeah. So you want to? I want to do it on Lamborghinis. Okay, that's fair enough. You okay. can do that. We can make that happen for you. Okay, minutes. so that's that's my goal. Yeah. What? Okay. What so, industry? Um, so definitely insurance and solar. And then I would say, like, if you're if you're bad at sales, I would say something around uh, recruitment. Recruitment sales is quite easy. Okay. Right? Um, people <laughs> recruitment yell and scream. It is. Um, right? Uh, if you wanted to become really good at sales, I would say fitness and high-ticket closing. Mm. Right? Uh, I would say high-ticket closing can be very, very lucrative if you're very good at it. Okay. But you have to be very good at it. Okay. So fitness, then high-ticket closing? Yeah. Fitness would be like if I was to – if you were to like tell me, 
hey, I can kind of eat a fat dick for a year or two and not make that much money, I would say go and sell fitness programs Mm -hmm. or even go and work at a gym and sell gym memberships. Okay. And just sell the living shit out of them. Yeah. Because you'll learn prospecting, you'll learn cold emailing, you'll learn uh, like how to do cold approaches to people on the street, Mm -hmm. right? You'll have to do corporate door knocking and you'll have to sell people. And you'll get at a tremendous volume. Yeah. Right? So like- It's a low profit, high turnover. Yeah. That, like, if, if I was, like, going to engineer, like, a perfect salesperson, I would have them do that. Then I would have them door knock. Mm-hmm. Then I would have them cold call. Then I would have them do high ticket closing. And then I would put them in something more lucrative. Okay. I mean, it's, it's probably no coincidence that a lot of the big names and certainly the biggest, most high performers that I have encountered in the space uh, come from fitness, right? Yeah. Oh, like, it's, yeah. High volume, difficult, yeah. emotional. Um, you're asking people to give up their money, their time and things they enjoy. Yeah. And uh, to be in physical pain. Yeah. It's a very difficult sale. And, and you, then you see people, I suppose, like, uh, you, you mentioned him before, Hermosi is a good example of it, is that like was just in the gym working, actually PTing and then goes, wait, I'm better at this other thing yep. <laughs> and I can make way more money. I'm just going to do that. Yep. Yeah. And hopefully I can do the, people can say the same thing about me. Mm. Well, <laughs> we can only hope. Yep. All right. Uh, Scott Allen Kratchkoville says, you are extremely strategic. Agree. Um, Amazing problem solver. Next question. And great leader. <laughs> Fucking hell, Scott. Your checks in the mail, Scott. So, while building multiple seven-figure businesses Eight. in under five years. Eight. How dare you, Scott? <laughs> how dare you? I was his friend until then. <laughs> what were several of the biggest pivotal things that you didn't expect? Oh. Uh... Jizzy hyped you up, didn't he? Fucking hell. I know, right? What on, Scott? Extremely strategic, amazing problem solver, and great lover. I mean, leader. (laughs) (laughs) Both. (laughs) Both. But his question is, what were several of the biggest pivotal things that you didn't expect? I would say despite uh, I was very bad at... uh, I, I I was much worse than what I anticipated at corporate conflict. Okay. What, what, explain that. What's corporate conflict? Uh, just like being able to have difficult conversations with people. I just wasn't very in good your at own it. business. Yeah, yeah, okay. I wasn't good at it. Mm-hmm. I was very good at like having them with sales with like prospects. Like loved it. The more com- the more conflict, the better. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, but in terms of like delivering, new, like like uh, just delivering, like hey, you're not doing a good enough job, mm-hmm. right? I was very bad at that. Um, I was. So I actively, like, that was probably the thing that I had to learn the most over the last, say, 12 to 18 months was, mm-hmm. I'd say, like, being able to deliver, hey, you're not living up to standard at the moment. Like, we need, we need to fix that or there's going to be consequences. Okay. But doing that in a good way, I think, was... In a way was, that motivates. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that was probably difficult. I would say um, how... What surprised me was how difficult being an executive would be. Mm. Um and having to learn the process of actually being an executive, not like a pretend CEO that has like CEO in their bio, mm-hmm. like someone who actually does. Because the way that I describe it and the way, because I'm kind of, it's the last six months I've been quite rough on people, but I've explained them why. I was like, you know how your job description has like position, title, accountability, responsibility, like role, responsibility, accountability. Mine has one more, which is liability. Okay. So in a CEO's job description, you have 
role, responsibility, accountability, and liability. And there are legal liabilities. Mm-hmm. So, like, I am the one that signs the documents, and I am the one that will go to jail. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I said, like, now that we're doing this properly, I was like, you don't fuck with me. If I say to do something, it shall be done. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is because, like, you don't have to understand how all the cogs in the machine work. Mm-hmm. But I do, and I'm the one who's liable for the outcome, like, culpable yep. for the outcome. Yeah. So, like, especially at seventh level, because the U.S. is, like, a much more harsh environment for CEOs. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm, like, officially chairman and CEO of seventh level, as opposed to, like, just being, like, but now all the documents are written and everything's been submitted and all that kind of stuff, right? Like, I was, like, I am the boss. Mm-hmm. And so we even had to have the discussion with Jeremy to be, like, hey, man, like, I'm the boss. Yeah. And he was, like, that's fine. Yeah. Because, like, there's just an element of liability that comes with being the guy that signs all the taxes and signs the documentation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And what I don't want to do is rock up to the States one time and just get fucking arrested, mm. you know? So learning about, like, all of that and all the all the things that go along with that uh, was was a, a learning experience, and then, mm. which, which changed my view of, like, oh, I'm not going to let people... Like, there'll be much less rope given. Yeah. You know, so keep everyone on title leashes. That makes sense. Yeah. We'll do one more and then I got to run to a call. Okay. Uh, Let me find the best one then. Here you go. You'll like this. What sport is sales most like? Oh, it looks like you've already. The GIF? (laughs) You already replied. Okay. What did, what. Do you want to explain that? Uh, I just did a gif of a guy doing a, a, a WWE, doing a big flip and then missing. Yeah. Manning straight his face. Yeah. I was like, I think that's pretty apt. I think like, uh, I think a fighting sport is the most apt because like, you have to still have a plan after you get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. You know? So, it's either that or chess. Yeah. You know? Chess is definitely the most accurate, but like, I don't know if you count chess as a sport. Oh, there's big controversy in the chess world currently. Oh yeah, do you see that shit? Yeah, with Magnus. Yeah, the guy he reckons the guy's uh, cheating with something up his ass. Do you know what I reckon that is? And I think I've come up with a very creative idea as to why it's happening. So that guy's nineteen, right? Yeah. I think he's played against computers his whole life. His whole life that he thinks like one. Yeah, could be. So he said he will. He said he will play him buck naked in a Faraday cage. Yeah. Right, he said, "You put me in a Faraday cage where there's no electronic signal, yeah. and I'll be so he was, nude." So to be clear, because um, people are going, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Yeah. Magnus Carlsen, world's greatest chess player uh, ever, yeah, undefeated. He's the only person that can beat that computer as well. Um, yeah, I can't remember what the computer's called, but he's the only person that's actually beat yeah. it. Uh, they were pretty much ready to say chess is over because yeah. he beat it. He beat chess. There's no one that can beat him. Nineteen-year-old kid beat him. He's accused him of cheating. Uh, so do you know why? Do you know where it comes from? I deep dived. Explain. Tell okay, the story. So All I know, because I thought it was funny, let me just hit with the punchline, yeah. is that he accused him of Ain't cheating with something in his ass. Yeah. <laughs> he claimed that he has a butt plug in that he is being communicated with via like remote technology, uh, yeah. telling him what moves to make. Yeah. And I will say that technology is very good. <laughs> <laughs> The app is, I just oh, think yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. It's so good. Okay, so where that comes from is that... Your, your light's on. That's going to be fucking up everything. Turn your, oh, turn your torch off. You did. Um, yeah. Oh, we don't need a light. My future's so bright. <laughs> <laughs> Got to wear shades. Exactly. Yep. Um, so in chess, there are ways in which, like, so 
the way in which chess interacts with people is like there are like outcomes of ties. Mm-hmm. So like you can have a move versus this move or this move, and it can be like, oh, I'm winning, I'm losing, or I'm tying this person, but there's no outcome yet. Mm. A computer doesn't understand that. Okay. So computers don't work like that. So computers just work to towards the end goal. And so they make moves that no human in their right mind would make. Okay. So like you'll go here and this guy will just randomly go there. Now a random journal like me and you who doesn't play chess for shit might make those moves. Mm-hmm. Right? But the controversy is that guy is a chess master, that 19-year-old. Right? And he's making moves that make zero sense. Okay. That only a computer would make. Right. Because like you're essentially like you just – it's almost random. Right? But he's winning. Mm. And so they're saying that because of the moves that he's making, right, they make no sense for a human being to make them, that he must be getting the information from a computer. Right. And so Magnus Carlsen played him lost and then accused him of cheating and played him again online. The guy did two moves and he quit. Yeah, right. So Magnus Carlsen just fucking left the chat, right? I think Magnus Carlsen is just fucking throwing his baby, just throwing his toys out of the print. Well, it would be wild to be really heralded as the greatest ever and then not be. Yeah. That would be a tough thing and to I, confront. I just think that because this kid's 19, he's he's a post-internet kid, mm. right? And he's probably just played against computers an awful lot, like potentially only, mm. you know, during COVID for large periods of time. So he's learned to play the game mm. as a computer. So he makes fucking random moves that because every time he does this, that computer does fucking this. He's like, well, that's really hard to beat. So potentially he's just playing chess in a different way. Mm. So he's either cheating. Or he's got something in his ass. He's got something <laughs> in his ass. Right? <laughs> That's part of cheating. Or he's just changing chess. Yeah. And I would probably say instead of a 19-year-old boy going to a chess championship with a vibrating anal bead, yeah, it's probably more likely he's just playing chess differently. I mean, and Magnus Carlsen just doesn't like it. And if you don't like that, Magnus, I'll see you in the fucking ring. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could beat up Magnus Carlsen. <laughs> in a fight. I mean, yeah, not at chess. Not at chess. No, not, not, at chess. At chess. not at anything academic in any way. <laughs> but in an arm wrestle. Probably. Maybe. With a few months notice. <laughs> I'll go over the top. Yeah. I'll turn my hat backwards. Yeah. Yeah, or one of those slap. To be fair, I one of those slap uh, comps. Yeah, she's there fun to watch. Yeah, fun to watch. I, I saw one where you could see the guy's ghost leave his body. <laughs> like you could, <laughs> you could actually see. That actually happened. Like oh, just yeah. He leaves. Yeah, it was a fatality. <laughs> it was Sung Lu, right? Because you know they're chalked up. Your soul is you mine. See this guy like <laughs> this chalk explosion. Yeah, and it's he's not there anymore. Amazing. It's just the chalk filters off. My Jack watches this like Mickey show. Yeah. Where like one of them's the devil and he steals souls. Oh, Jesus. Right? And then Jack comes up to me one day and he goes, your soul is mine. And I was like, what are you watching, boy? It's just a Mickey Mouse thing. Yeah, like, bro, I sold that a long time ago. You're going to have to search yeah. elsewhere You for think that. you live here for a reason? <laughs> you think I'm just good at stuff? Bro, come on, man. Come on. You're better than that. All right. That's All right. it. Awesome. Well, if you guys like this kind of content, you want us to do more of it, make sure you like, subscribe, notification bell. I don't know. We don't even check the numbers, so there could be no one here, but. Hopefully there are. We'll see. Join the closing code. I'll play it through. Cold baby. I'll I'll press play and play it through so that we'll have obviously Mum will. Yeah. Hey mum. Goodbye. Yeah. All right, guys. Bye. Put that coffee down. down. down.